I'd like to start today's show with kind of a, I guess, a rant. This is a narcissistic music disorder, episode 73, by the way. But that ass clown um, Adam Levine from Maroon 5 has been in the news lately for his uh, Instagram creepiness, right? I got nothing. You're going to have to fill me totally in on this. He's like sending girls... uh, you know, messages about their bodies and stuff Shut like up. that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Like what kind of like, and I'm not oh, like, oh, like, oh my God, your body's just amazing. You know, things like, but he, I think he's married. So that's the problem. Well, you know? that, There's more problem than that. I mean, who are these? Is this unsolicited? Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I think one of them, she said she was like a student at the University of Alabama or something like that. Is it the real, I mean, is it confirmed that it's that dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's memes of celebrities making fun of him all over the place. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard that. So he's, so. So here's here's my whole rant about this. Please, please, please rant. Which made me, and nobody that's listening to this right now is included in this. Oh, Um, praise God. Americans don't know shit about music. Wow. Adam Levine is worldwide famous, worldwide famous for a shitty band, a mediocre band. A mediocre band for sure. A mediocre band. Richie Coxon is playing clubs. Americans don't know shit about music. Wow. I mean, no, no, no. Well, oh, Americans don't know shit. American tastes are definitely different, Scott. Americans don't appreciate what they have here. Richie Kotzen is playing fucking arenas in Brazil. He's playing the Token Lounge in Westland, Michigan, in the United States. Well, that's it, a fucking joke. Americans don't know shit. That about has music. been that, and I'll tell you, unless it's spoon fed to them. Well, and that's that's the thing is. There's is, my rant. Oh, that man, was a that good one, dude. You really laid it out. Um, here's here's my thing: is a lot of music I like. Um, either you know, music's really weird with with the countries as America and w- w- versus Europe. I mean, certainly heavy metal music, and and even if we do, you know, uh, Far East stuff. Um, you know, it's still popular. I mean, their bands, and and it's. I'm. I suppose if I were a Maroon Five fan, I would say that I was content with the way that Maroon Five. Well, they're is. not listening, so it doesn't matter. Right, but but like bands that I like, like Iron Maiden, and, and you know, some of those bands are still playing stadiums everywhere, and, and Maiden's still huge in in our country too. But metal has always been that way in Europe. I think, actually, I think the European kids. In the '60s, uh, appreciated blues actually more than Americans did. Amer- they, well, th- uh, you know, American blues music is what sort of sparked everything from you know Beatles and Stones and and who. We'll, and, we'll have to explore that in the future. That, God, I know you. I, did, I, I had no a, idea you were this angry. Oh, it, it makes me so mad that bunch of these ass clowns are famous and guys like Richie are playing small clubs. Yeah, that it does just, suck. It just bugs the shit. But then on the other side of it, once they get like really famous, then we walk away sometimes too. Well, the problem is too, I mean, and, and I just don't know enough about it other than there's a, a, a way deeper interest in, I think, or there used to be in American things 
over in Europe than European things here in America. You know what I mean? Uh, well, like, I, I think I said to my wife last night, I think I said, you know, hot take. She's not going to. Um, she's just going to say, yeah, I agree. Because she <laughs> but I said to her last night, I said hey, hot, hot take right now. Britain, Britain or all of Europe, period, does pop better than the United States does. Hot take. Ooh, um, yeah. Well, you know that's that's that. It's hard to argue with it, and and I mean because we had. I don't know why this is. I don't necessarily under. I mean, Europe and and music. I will tell you, like in the metal community, you know, bands like Priest and Sabbath and Maiden and Purple and you know, I I understand European hard rock and metal a little more. Um. You know, because even American, like, rock and roll bands, really, I mean, most of what folks over here are doing, or were doing, you would say were based on Beatles and Stones, right? I mean, they brought rock and roll. I mean, Elvis, we had Elvis Presley, who actually, and and we had Little Richard, and we had Chuck Berry. But again, don't forget, and uh, boy, I hate to bring this, I, I, this is going to come, this is not a good idea. Don't forget our American racist past. Right? Yeah. So you had Little Richard, Chuck Berry, uh, you know, Fats Domino, all the blues artists, but they were race music, dude. And they, they were, I don't think in Europe when the blues got over there, I think they just appreciated it as music with no concern of the race of the artist. Right. I guess. For um, what it was, yeah, they just liked it for what it was. Right, yeah. you you didn't have to, but then again, people, I I tell say this a lot, people forget too, you know, there was a section in the record store back in, you know, I'll say the fifties, I guess, probably into the, you know, race music, right? It was race music. It was, you know, you had colored music and you had hillbilly music. Don't Hank Williams, I say this all the time. Hank Williams was uh, made race records, hillbilly records. That was that was a segment of society. There were people who went to the record store to, to for the novelty of listening to these hillbillies, right? These yeah. m- mountain people and and these African American people and the you know, yeah. You know, we there's so much and I'm, I now I'm ranting, but there's so much tied into <laughs> into and I I I love America. I'm I'm proud to be an American. I hate Toby Keith, but I, I love America. Um, but the thing is, we cannot forget that we always in this country have that racial component, and we did especially back then. But we always do, dude. Always. There's uh, from from Robert Johnson to N.W.A. Right from Muddy Waters to Public Enemy. We always that that music has always been segmented. We'll take everything we Elvis Presley will take everything he wants from that culture, right? Yeah, and 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 give it back to America. Give it back to where it, it literally giving back something that came from here. Um, I, again, I have no beef with Elvis. I don't. I love Elvis Presley. I do. King of rock and roll, man. Elvis Presley, coolest shit on earth for a while. My mom. I tell the story all the time. My mom didn't cry when John Lennon was killed, but she cried when Elvis died. You know, I, I can't mean, remember if my mom did. My I mom know cried, that my parents listened. Cried, dude. 
Um, and my mom was not some fanatic about music. She was just so I have no beef with Elvis, and Elvis is always a, a, a part of my life, and I love his music, and I and I think Elvis Presley, the person, not the icon, the person, he loved music too, and he loved gospel music, and he loved African American music, and he loved the blues, and he, yeah, I mean, I don't think that kid, yeah, the kid Elvis anticipated what was going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? It just. Right. But again, I don't know if everybody just heard that, but my dog Finn just uh, decided he wanted to come on the podcast. So. I heard something. <laughs> I didn't know what that was, though. Um, so, uh, you know, I, the European versus are they are they better music listeners? I think they're I think Europeans are more apt to put more effort into their music. You know what? You know what? I have a friend, my my buddy, Dave. He moved here from Ireland when he was 16 years old. We should we should talk to him sometime about being a record buyer as a kid in another country. Yeah, like, that would be cool because you know, was it like hard to find American music? Yes. How much American music did they play on the radio? That you know, that'd be cool. We should talk but to dude, him. Dude, you realize that because he's got NMD. He listens. Well, he probably listens to the show. I think he does. I will say. I mean, if you're talking about humongous musical moments. It's when Keith Richard notices Mick Jagger on the train with, you know, Chuck Berry records under his arm. Oh, yeah. That's how that relationship started. Don't forget that the, the, the these two people who changed and love the Stones, hate the Stones, I really don't care because they definitely changed the course of modern music and became a template for an awful lot of music. Remember that that started over two guys and records, and the records were American blues and you know early blues and early rock and roll. So just remember that although we have a million bands based on the Stones and a million bands based on the Beatles and all of the, that template still holds true, it started. Oh, it was NMD based. It was a guy yeah. who had cool records under his arm and another guy going whoa. That dude has Chuck Berry records, and I love Chuck Berry. And where did you get that? And because in oh, Europe, Oates was similar. Really? Yeah they um they met at a concert. I, I think this is how it went. They met at a show, like a fight broke out at a show, and they both bailed and like got in an elevator together. And they're like, it was similar. Like, well, he's at this concert. I'm at this. You know, he knows about dude, this I, band. I know about this band. It's and still they started talking, true. and then they started hanging out, and then they eventually, I think, became roommates. It and... still holds true. That's usually that's the best, the best way it, this thing happens is is like that. I mean, my my friendship with Todd Long was like that. It was over hair metal. It was over. We both knew these weird bands nobody knew, and that makes a nice. Uh, I think it's a... hard though nowadays because uh, my wife and I prior to me getting hurt was like at a farmer's market and I saw a dude wearing an Iron Maiden shirt and I said something and he didn't like respond like oh, you so or I would. I saw a kid last... So it's like a, it's a fucking one of those, you know, Walmart shirts Well, or I saw a kid last night, young kid, it, standing right in the front when we were playing and I moved over to that side of the stage. I was, I think I was soloing or whatever, but I moved over there and I'm standing, he had like a, a Van Halen shirt on and i leaned out and said in his ear i said cool shirt and he kind of smiled um but you're right there that used to be see that used to be the thing 
And, and by they the way, in. we haven't even touched, you in. we haven't touched our topic today yet, but we'll get there. I know, but, but we're, we're going to get there. That used to be the <laughs> thing, though, dude. That used to be the, the guy. That's why. That's why you wore your Metallica shirt or your Van Halen shirt or your Priest or your whatever. That's why your jean jacket had a back patch on it. That's why you sew, you would sew these patches, you know, keep on trucking or the pot leaf or gas, grass, or ass. No one rides for free. You'd have those <laughs> patches because they identified you, right? They're no different. And that we still do that. I mean, that's what motorcycle gangs are, dude. They are the dudes yeah. with patches so you know who's who. And, um, now with the, the and dude again I I I don't do this to people. I never walk up to somebody in a Sabbath shirt and go name three Black Sabbath songs. Now my son, no. my son, however, my son, the only thing he wanted, which is cool, because I wasn't like, but you know, school was starting, and I'm like, hey man, we gotta go to school clothes shopping. My son, God bless him, goes, why? I've got clothes and they fit me. I mean, he didn't need a whole new wardrobe. But he said to me, Dad, I would really like to get a Black Sabbath Volume 4 shirt. And I said, okay. Well, you know, not only can my son name several Black Sabbath songs, he can play probably three of them, you know. He knows the members of, he can tell you the players and, you know, who was in Black Sabbath. He has enough, that's just because he's my kid. But. I want I did. <laughs> what? Go ahead. Well, I just wanted him to have that because if he was going to connect with another, like in my world, when I was in sixth grade, Eldo Nova came to the LC Walker Arena. I went, and my my entire high school went. I swear to God. Well, the elementary kids ate lunch with the high school kids, like in the same multi-purpose room. They were on one end, we were on the other. I was now every kid in that high school, I swear to God, was wearing it was the subject tour, the second album after the one that had fantasy on it. Right. Um, Every kid had a Eldo Nova subject shirt on. And I walk in with my sixth grade class and I've got an Eldo Nova shirt on. (laughs) And it was just enough where, you know, some stoner kid in the high school walked by our line and went, cool show huh little man and i'm like yeah you know and and that was the coolest thing ever heck yeah and i i could identify and that's why for years i would i like i brag about it i could go to school two weeks two full weeks of school right which is 10 days and never wear the same iron maiden shirt Oh, man. We weren't allowed to wear a concert shirt. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, my God. My son just kind of not didn't get in trouble because he's not that kind of kid. But he wore a shirt to school the other day that said Ri-Fi on it and had this logo and stuff. And a friend of ours who's a school teacher pulled him, not pulled him over, but grabbed him after school and went, hey, man, you might not want to wear that shirt tomorrow. And my son Quinn was like, why? I think this is a radio station or something. Well, it was a brand of beer from our local brewery. Uh, gotcha. You know, yeah, kind of yeah. a swag shirt we had gotten. And so my yeah. my son said, OK, now in my school, dude, you could wear a reefer leaf on your shirt. You could wear a, a Slayer shirt. There were kids wearing Metallica's metal up your ass shirt all over the place. You could do yeah. that. You know, it was just a different time, I suppose. And, and, you know, nowadays, even my excuse me, my son would say, you know, some of the trouble they get in for their clothes is it's distracting. Well, there's nothing more oh. <laughs> distracting than a Slayer shirt with a full-on frightening demon dude on the front or upside-down crosses or, you know, whatever it was. But 
Anyhow, are we ever going to get to the subject today, or are you, we just going to ramble about this, which I'm into too? I mean, it can. Let's talk about Power Pop. So, Power Pop. It's it's the. I, I mean, if you're coming from glam, where we came from, and I mean, let's do like word association. So, when I say heavy metal, what's the first band that comes to your mind? Judas Priest. Okay. When someone says power pop to me, yeah, the first band that comes to my mind, Cheap Trick. Damn it! See, I would have said that too. You know what, Scott? I would. I say knew you would say that. That's I would, why I had but to say I, it. First. But I, but I have to say this. Nowadays, now in my life, now if you say power pop, I always say big star. Always big star. But yeah. that's because I didn't know Scott. I swear to God, I did not know. I and, and for. All years of my life as a young man, Power Pop always meant cheap trick to me. I still think, yes. I still will say this, and, and I, I, I'm i an old man. I don't fist fight very much anymore. I will fist fight somebody that tells me that Cheap Trick isn't one of the greatest American bands of all time. I think uh, Cheap Trick well, is one of the greatest American bands of all I agree. time. I was just thinking about that the other day, and I've said this to you before about how we could do like, it'd be cool to do a live show where we had like the March Madness, 64 bands. What's the greatest American band? That would be so hard, man. I know because, but, but some are like, in my opinion, some of them are like, have different careers. Like Aerosmith had two different careers. Agreed. Totally agreed. You're absolutely right. They had the straight edge rock band career, and then they had kind of a sort of power pop. You're absolutely right. Bubble gummy. Absolutely right. And that, you know. In the 90s with Desmond Child stuff. But like for, I mean, the there's newer ones. You know, there's there's the 70s ones like um, Cheap Trick. Well, the Who, I. I think the the phrase power pop is credited to um, Pete Townsend. Oh, really? Yeah, when he was asked to describe the the Who's music in an interview in like 1967 or something, he, he said, said that it's power pop. And yeah. see, I would have I would have never put the Who there, of course. Um, but I it's, think power it, po- to me it emerged in the 70s. It right? It was yes. born in the 70s. I thought so. I mean, yeah, I, I thought so. And again, I mean, truly with Cheap Trick and bands like um, the Cars and the Raspberries and the Knack. And, the, you know, and it blurred the lines, too. I think Power Pop blurred the lines, too, of what we called glitter, 70s glitter. Right. Um, for me, I, I'll tell you, Power Pop to me is this. Um, again, Cheap Trick and Big Star are my... They're like the two big from the 70s and Nick Lowe too. Yeah. And I didn't, I just didn't know until I really dove in. I didn't realize just that. And I, I contend that the guys in Cheap Trick would say this. As a matter of fact, I hope they would. Um, I think if there was no big star, you don't have a Cheap Trick. Um, and, and, and obviously they acknowledge that, you know, they covered in the street for, uh, for that 70s show. Um, I, I didn't realize how closely those two bands were intertwined. Now, the thing with Big Star is they were from Memphis. Uh, there there was definitely some, there was a lot going on there. There was a lot of influence. There was some, some blues. There was some of that, um, you know, what we call the Muscle Shoals sound. Um, and, and they were there really wasn't power pop. <laughs> there was, I mean, it was, it was Big Star. And, and then to, to get really, 
ELO. You know, I have ELO in there. Um, I It's funny because, like, Fleetwood Mac is not power pop. They're just a pop band, really. And, right. Right. Power pop to me is this, and, and I'll break it down, is always, you know, big guitars, but not, you know, super fuzzy, but big guitars, super melodic, um, harmony, yeah, vocal, har- vocal harmonies that you would find on a Beach Boys record. I mean, we right. power pop, you can always, I can always draw that line back to the Beach Boys, back to the Beatles. I mean, because that's what the Beatles were. You know, they were the first real power pop band because pop was Rosemary Clooney. Right, yeah. The Beatles. And Doris Day. Right, and like that, that was pop yeah. radio. And, and and then you have the Beatles who come on and they put the rock edge with that pop feel. So you have the harmonies, you have the melodies, you have the singable stuff, the hooks as we call them, and you have the rock and roll. That's the the forgive me you know the crotch level stuff right rock and roll the twos and fours the screwing that's rock and roll power pop so you've got rock and roll that that vibe that's the foundation and you lather it you kind of you you fill it with these harmonies and these guitar hooks and these jangly 12 strings again back to the birds you know the birds were a pop the birds had a whole they were power pop they were you know Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are a rock and roll band, but make no mistake, that's that's always on the edge of power pop, 70s power pop, jangly 12 strings. And, yes. and when we start drawing those lines back, we end up at bands like the Birds, the Beatles, um, you know, all that stuff. Now, for me... Badfinger. Oh, God, yeah, Badfinger. Great, great, great. Yeah. Um, and, and that's... We hear it now. I mean, for me, if you're if someone said modern power pop, I always go to Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, Fountains of Wayne, um, Jellyfish. Oh uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, in the eighties, I think XTC was maybe a, uh, yeah. Matthew Sweet. Oh God, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that um, it, it, Weezer it, somewhat power pop has continued. Weezer it, was kind of power pop in the like the Blue Album for sure. For sure. And there were tons of bands that you would hear that were had that influence. I mean, the Bangles. The Posies, remember that band? Yeah. Yep. The Posies, the Bangles like, are I a power pop. I listened to a lot of them. Um, there was another band in the 90s, I think, called Teenage Fan Club. Yeah, I didn't listen to them, but they were. They were Scottish, I think. There was, uh, and that's the thing. And if you listen to those. I was to from, I think he's from Scotland. And, and you know, Delamitri has Is elements. Is that power pop, Delamitri? That's elements know. of it, right? I think every every I mean, roll to me is just straight up poppy, I think. Every real hooky um harmony, you know, and bands will have times in their catalog too where they'll they'll put out that power poppy album. You know, the yeah. Jayhawks did it, the old ninety sevens, because alt country has that too, that real alternative country stuff. What you're hearing is country and power pop, really. Guys it who is, were really yeah. into even the replacements who we love and talk about all the time had at, when by the time you're to like please to me and don't tell a soul, you're getting power poppy. Um, well, it started kind of with there was some of the stuff on Tim, I think. You oh, could call yeah, that. right, for sure, like Waitress in the Sky and, and songs like that, but it, where it, they started with you know more hooks. And if you're a fan of early Matt stuff, then 
you might not like Tim as much. That's, as, there are people who hate that. There are people right. who thought Tim was the replacements getting too commercial. Yeah, the the band I was listening to when you called me, Red Cross, they they have like an, a record that's sort of power poppy, but a lot of their stuff is is closer to the replacements and garagey with fuzzy guitars right. or things like that. So I wouldn't call them a power pop band, but they have elements of it at but, times. But you know, we had bands even you know, for me, going back to Cheap Trick, right? I just think Cheap Trick did it. They had all the the harmonies, they had all the cool guitar parts, but yet Rick Nielsen still played chunky and martially enough where it had beef to it. Uh, it was accessible enough to be, I mean, we all know Cheap Trick Live at Budokan is, I mean, at one time that was the thriller for everybody I knew. Everybody I knew had Live at Budokan, everybody. Right. Um, but then there's stuff like Heaven Tonight and, you know, even later where you had stuff like The Flame from Cheap Trick or... I can't the take it. Party song. <laughs> yeah, or I can't take it, or you know, all that eighty stuff. It was just like you said, it pop and power pop were. I think power pop still owed more to the guitar than the keyboard. There you go. Power pop owed more to the guitar than the keyboard. So, well, Aha made poppy records that were very popular, and that's what pop is—popular music. But yet. The cars were power pop because it was guitar driven. Yes. You know what I mean? You 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 still had guitar. I mean, uh, you know, my best friend's girl, all that stuff, you know, it's it's starting with guitar. I think Rick Springfield was power pop. I think Sammy Hagar had moments he was power poppy. It was big choruses and jangly guitars and you know, that's yes, what I Danny Hampton was Oh, was Poppy. For, for Sammy, that was a Poppy, poppy record. record I mean, a great record. And, it is. It's my favorite. And it is. It's 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 the best. If you really need to know the structure of of a lot of power pop and what the elements are, you can listen to Robbie Falk's Fountains of Wayne Hotline. He lays the whole map yes. out there, right? It's what it is. It's and my son and I joke about it all the time. It's the slightly distorted melodic guitar solo. Um, which oh, I, that, Gerald. which I, exactly, you're talking about. Followed me. by a radical dynamic shift. Exactly. Oh, that, Gerald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wife and I just listened to that song the other night. Sir, we got about five. You Ger- cannot listen to that song and not smile. I know. Sir, we got about five Geralds here. You're talking to me now. We got oh. seven Geralds. Is that what it is? Seven, yeah. <laughs> it is seven. <laughs> we got about seven Geralds here. You're talking to me now. Um, but oh, that's, okay. that's what I really like. Now, I will throw another band in the power pop mix that I may take some shit for um, because people foolishly, I think foolishly, call this a heavy metal band or even a hard rock band. But one of uh, uh, the greatest power pop bands who people hate, they either love them or hate them, Kiss is a power pop band. Why? All At those times, yeah. All those big choruses, all the guitars, all the everything. I mean... The song Shout It Out Loud by Kiss. Shout it, shout yeah. it. You stri- take 50% distortion off the guitars, put hand claps in there, and have big, huge harmonies going, shout it, shout it, shout it Dude. out loud. That's power pop. 
It's power. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something. You hate Kiss, don't you? I was listening to Kiss the other day. Really? I thought you hated Kiss. I did too. Oh shit! No, it happened. You liked them by accident. I I started listening to the. Is it the first record, the one with Cold Gin? Yeah. I really like that record, dude. Thank you. So welcome. So you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta tell me more. I need to check Dude, out if I, I like that. All that early Kiss stuff is so poppy and so good and so. I mean, they boiled it. I just like Ace. I like Ace. And I is think is the, the makeup is the makeup thing a bit much? Yes, dude, it is. But I said it before. No, I don't ever. I'll tell you what. I have stood at the door for. 30 years, no kid has ever come up dressed like Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. But kids still dress like Kiss for Halloween. So they did that. That was their marketing thing. Now, unfortunately, what people miss about the band Kiss is the songs. It's hard to get past the lunchboxes and pinball machines and Gene Simmons' tongue and all the girls Gene Simmons slept with and Paul Stanley's puckering and chest hair and all this and the pyro and the dragons and all this shit. It's hard to get past that. But if you can do that, you end up with songs like Shout It Out Loud, Rock and Roll All Night, Cold Gin. I mean, it goes on and on. And they get into the 80s and they ditch the makeup and they're still lick it up and there's still tears are falling and there's... so. Heaven's on fire. Heaven's yeah. on fire. They're all just that song rock. <laughs> they're all just poppy, and there was heavy songs, God of Thunder, and I love it loud, and stuff like that. But oh yeah. But you boil that down, that's another pop band, and why? And then there was Hot in the Shade. Oh, I went to that sorry tour, about man. That. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, there's a song called "Hide Your Heart" that I love. That was written by I think uh, what's her name, Holly. I can't think of her last name. Uh, the, kind of one of these writers, same per- people who were right. People who wrote with Kiss in the '80s are the same people who wrote with frickin' Aerosmith and the same. It's Desmond Child yeah. and Holly, whatever her damn last name is that I can't remember. And they, they were, you know, they came in and they wrote songs for these people. That's why we had. That's why Alice Cooper has that song "Poison." Oh, the whole record is. Um, that I think every single track on the Trash record is about women. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I'm pretty sure every single song you know on what, there is dude, about women. And you know what? And that's cool. And I, I'll tell you what. There's a ballad. There's an Alice Cooper ballad from that era called "Only My Heart Talking." It's like a country song, dude. It's it, as a matter of fact. The reason I don't know why a country artist hasn't covered it and made a humongous hit out of it. You know, put fiddles and mar, you know, right. Mesa boogie amps on it or whatever. But anyhow, that was. When you get when you're a rock and roll band that wants a little bit of commercial acceptance, sometimes power pop comes out of that because you've been you're so used to your big drums and heavy guitars and someone goes, Hey man, we gotta we gotta get some more hooks in here. We gotta get something that people can sing along to. You know? Right. And and that's I mean, that's why I mean power pop is can be really complex in its structure but the the messages are often very are simple and and time honored you know boy meets girl and i i'm in love with you know my best friend's girl i wish i had jesse's girl you know september yeah. girls mrs brown you have a lovely daughter it, you know, it all goes like back that. and that's what was not, that that's, might, that's a little older but but that's what i like about pop music is it is it 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 still floats up there melodically and subject matter wise. It's, it's, it's always, it's pretty 
fun and usually lighthearted. And the other thing I really like is it goes instead of, you know, instead of hair metal or whatever, where your boy, girl or boy, boy, girl, girl, your relationships are based on, forgive me, folks, are based on let's get in the car and fuck. Right. That's it. (laughs) But what you have with power pop is it goes back to that old time message that music would have about about love and and courting and and being smitten with someone and and those butterflies in your stomach that's power pop you know that's why big star and you know september girls you know december boys got it bad and and that's why you know even in a song like um oh let me get something good for you know cheap tricks heaven tonight you know would you like to go to heaven tonight? You know, it's it's those messages. It's not, would, do you want to, you know, she's my cherry pie. It's not that. Right, yeah. And that's what I like about it. And Kiss will do, Kiss, again, they have those love songs. And, and I, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, uninformed. I'm going to use the, but because it's the terminology and I don't mean it specific, but it's, you know, it's boy meets girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and and it's it you hear it in the hair metal stuff had it too. There were moments where the subject matter was like that. The music though, typically for that stuff was always more sex driven, right? Sex driven, yeah. sex driven, sex driven. Where power pop was had you know more of those. You know, I I saw you know, I, I watched you uh, you know. I walked up to her, or she walked up to me and asked me if I wanted to dance. You know, like, then she kissed me. Those kind of things. And and that's actually then he kissed me, because I actually Kiss covered that song. But the original was, and then he kissed me. They did, and then she kissed me, I think. But, you know, that's what I like about Power Pop. And I like the jangly, big, open guitars. And I like those vocal harmonies that you hear on Pet Sounds and you hear on you know, Beatle records. Um, and I like the concise. I like the three. It's Tom Petty. You know, Tom Petty there's, saying that, you know, don't bore us. Get to the court. had like, you know, um, elements of it. Like you've said, like, um, I think sometimes Todd Rundgren was power poppy yes. and REM was. Oh, my God. Know, yes. Some of their early REM stuff was was p- like be- the um, the first REM record that I remember getting into was um when i was in college this guy lived across the hall from me i think he played bass and um he gave we were talking about music we traded cds when you know you trade cds with somebody and say hey listen to this for a week and bring it right. back to me and he gave me um rem eponymous it's oh, like yeah. the yep. greatest hits of yep. their early stuff it's cool isn't it and i don't remember what i and yeah that's where my love for rem started yeah it was and, like 1994 or something <laughs> when they were i mean i listened to them a bit but when i listened to that record like i had out of time and things like that but when i heard their older stuff i was like whoa i gotta go backwards yeah that's the stuff i really like because I, I like, you know, I heard him in high school with shiny happy people in you know ninety one. That was when I graduated. So yeah, and that I, record was huge. And I remember the two records that got me. Obviously, Document was huge, um, yep. because that had the end of the world on it, and it had um uh, the one I love, 
green and then was green was great which has songs like that i really like on it like orange, orange crush, crush. Yeah. yeah and uh and um i think don't fall on me might be on that record ask the sky and buy the sky and tell the sky and sell the sky but, don't fall on. i think that's on green too yeah um but they had that too and you know why the why rem and matthew sweet and uh the bangles and um all those bands where their power pop comes from i'm telling you it really you can you can take that line back to the the birds and and then obviously big star uh, you know the bangles covered big star um you know the replacements name check alex chilton in the song alex chilton and they mm-hmm. they talk about big star um what what would you call a lot of that stuff in the 90s that like um oh like uh what's the Oh, what's the one? Get? No, not. Oh, I'm thinking of the kid. Uh, I can't remember the song now. But th- you know what I'm talking about? A well, lot of those 90s bands, like Splendor, you yes. know that band? Well, or, I was um, thinking what? of Belly. Remember the band Belly? That was very yeah, because upbeat. And that was a female singer, correct? Yeah, Tanya Belly? Donnelly. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, you I know, didn't get Liz, into that band, but I, I Liz, don't. So I don't Liz Can't Fair had that too. Liz Fair did a a, a real power poppy record. Um, I mean, Jellyfish was totally different than things like um, oh, I don't know the well, Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, like uh, Dizzy Up the Girl. That would name and all that stuff. That's yeah. pretty power poppy, uh, dude. But then again, if you then you t- you take the Goo Goo Dolls to their to their main influence, which is the Replacements. Which yeah, because like take, superstar car wash right. is more punky, and then you take the re again that what it is what bands like, and I, I'm not slighting the Goo Goo Dolls, believe me, but what that is is you see them sort of mimicking, and, and maybe I don't think deliberately, but you get that replacements arc where it's grudgy and punky, and and they're they're I mean Tommy's what ten, and they're you know they're they're <laughs> they're not great, and as time goes. You're going to get better at the instrument. Your writing is going to get better because right. you know more chords. All of a sudden, you know a minor chord, you know, um, and you can put it in the middle of a song. And, and all those things you don't see, like, you don't see that in the Ramones. But those are pop songs, too. It's just they're not power pop. You know, they're punky right. pop. But and, and I know people are going to well, go, yeah, like Green Day is like. Yes. There was a whole trend of that in the 90s, like an offshoot of power pop was like power pop punk. Pop punk right, which is one of like no use for a name and strung out. My buddy, Dylan Collins. My buddy Todd like Long, Todd Long loves Molly. pop punk. Mo- There's a great example of a Molly was pop punk. Exactly. And they took shit for it too, you know? I mean, they did. But because was, Molly was Blink 182 was extreme talent. That's yeah, what well, Molly was. And that they were they were that <laughs> and they were um you know, I, I also heard a lot of and they you know, they that band turned me on to Butch Walker and the Marvelous Three. You heard a lot which of is, that. Which is Marvelous yeah. Three is power poppy as hell. Right. Right. Because those guys have those they were just they had those influences of of you know the the cheap tricks and the big stars and the, and then the other thing that I think power pop owes a lot to is you're a rock and roll person, right? You 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 like that guttural rock and roll, big guitars and drums, and but you also grew up like me on '70s radio. 
So yeah. you have the vocal harmonies of Starland Vocal Band, or you know, you have those big poppy, lush pop arrangements that now you add some of that rock and guitar to, and you end up with with a cheap trick record, or you end up with. 19 Wheels Jawbreaker record or Sugarine, uh, you know, local band, uh, uh, you know, a regional band yeah. for us. I mean, well, then there was so many of those, like we talked about in the um, One Hit Wonder show. Like somebody mentioned Donnie Iris on the Facebook page. Right. Like that's, you know, like yeah. Power Poppy, One Hit Wonders. Of course, which there there was a ton of, I still would love to do that. I would love to have, uh, I mean, think about Joe Jackson. Uh is she really oh, going yeah. out with him? Uh, Marshall Crenshaw is a great. That, yeah, Marshall Crenshaw's record. It, and, and Marshall Crenshaw had forgot about that. All 82. that all that pop influence. Plus, he had um, you know, he had the early rock and roll. He was old enough to have that. Uh, the Smithereens did it. They were a power pop band. You know, they had those really open. You know, it's. It is. It's about the arrangements. The arrangements are can be complex, but it's they they hit quick. Like Petty said, you know, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. You know, right. that's how the Heartbreakers were working. They were, they the Heartbreakers were power pop in the sense that they had they were big, big with the birds. You know, and and, and all of that kind of great '60s music. Mm-hmm. And they wrote these. They also had enough '70s punk rock where the songs were tight. And concise and and the heartbreakers like are a great example. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are a great example because there's no never in a Heartbreakers record are you sitting there going, Well shit, I hope this part gets over soon and we get back to the good stuff. It's because right. it's all good stuff. Because they weren't self indulgent. That's why for me, no offense to anyone, but you know, that's why the fishes of the world or the whatevers, it's like, come on, you know. You could have fit in more another chorus here or something, but you decided to noodle for 45 minutes over this thing. And that's yeah. not what the heartbreakers did. You know, they gave us these, you don't have to fast forward with the heartbreakers. No, that cause everything's in its place. You know, um, you could say that power pop in the like hair metal field sort of got in there too, because you had bands like Def Leppard who were now making records where there was not a wasted moment. And that's what pop power pop did. It was, you didn't you didn't have to wait for those great hooks to come up because they were just in there constantly, you know? No, because they, all the hooks and everything, that's what Power Pop took the best of glam and everything from the glitter and glam from the 60s and 70s, and they turned them into two to four minute hooky masterpieces. Right, right. Which for the is, radio, you know? Which is, I still like that, and I still... I mean, if we're since we we barely can get through an episode without we've already mentioned Butch Walker, so we've checked that box. Yeah. But the Great Affairs are a power. Oh yeah, band. and and do For it sure. do it spectacularly well. I mean, dude, I you know I listen to them all the time, and and right now I'm kind of listening to the Turnpike Troubadours a lot and and digging their music, so I'm on that ride right now. But you know I've been on the Great Affairs for years now, but. They are, I mean, you talk about power pop. They they have that. And and it was, I considered it a compliment when Denny Smith said to me, 
you know, Ghosts of Sunset isn't some isn't hair band to me. That's power pop, and I'm like, well, it is. That's, that's especially the new record, and that's that's how it should. You know, that's what you want it to be for me, because I like that. I like songs. I I like harmonies, and I like choruses, and I like get open guitars with tight guitars, and I like you know, if you can sit down and make yourself a a, a good solid cheap trick record. You might not get famous, but you'll find an audience. You'll be Fountains of Wayne. You'll be, you know, right. You'll be Enough's Enough. I mean, you talk about a power pop band. Enough's Enough. It's it's unfortunate when Enough's Enough came out. It was hair metal, and they certainly jumped on. I mean, they were really glammed up and really colorful and all of that. But unfortunate if they had been. I'll tell you what. You take Enough's Enough songs. You take their image, but make them nerds. Sorry for lack of a better word, right? Nerdy. <laughs> They're Weezer. They're those yeah. bands. They're, you know, you could see that. It, it had all of those. And anytime you're going to be beatle right? You're going to be beatle influenced, and you're going to push the guitars a little bit. You're you're going to end up in power pop world. Or you're going to go, let's, let's do some cool Beach Boys harmonies. Um let's put some 12 strings in there, which I think, you know, I don't think you can play an electric 12 string guitar without mentioning the birds. I don't think you can play an electric 12 string guitar without, I I'm looking at mine right now. I physically have my eyes on it right now. And all I can think of is when I put that thing on, I pretend I'm Robin Zander. You know, that's what I want to play Robin Zander parts. And, and, and that's just, that's just how that is. And when you get back to the birds, and and early the the 60s pop quote unquote you know rock pop whatever i don't know what they called it then but that's be- those are beautiful songs those are where your harmonies come in i mean those are where you the stones not power pop they're always too edgy to have that you know what i mean the stones yeah. were always too edgy to have it the beatles weren't afraid to go she loves you yeah 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 they're you know? too much of a blues edge the, for that yes yes right um, you, you know, you never go, I really like that power pop song by Black Sabbath or Deep Purple or what that it's yeah. not like that. Oh, or Humble Pie. They're not like Humble Pie is not like that. Um, the faces weren't power pop, you know, power pop isn't that bluesy, you know, um, there's elements, I think, but the true power poppy stuff that I'm into is, you know, is the heartbreakers. Or, you know, is that early, late 70s, <laughs> early 80s heartbreaker stuff. It is Big Star and Cheap Trick and Matthew Sweet and Marshall Crenshaw and the Bangles and all of that stuff. You know, that's, a, you know, Fountains of Wayne right now are huge in my house because my son's learning a bunch of Fountains of Wayne songs. But again, you talk about a modern band that has done it almost better than anyone. You would have to say Fountains of Wayne. You'd have to. Yeah, great bands. I mean, oh, man. the other thing I think about power pop or pop in general, I think it it does rely on. I mean, even if it's the, you know, the the love song. The again, I I mean, no disrespect. I use the terminology because it's probably just what I've heard. But you know, the boy meets girl, and that can be boy meets boy, girl. Right? I don't give a shit who you meet. But um, that template lyrically 
keeps everything kind of up. You know, even the heartbreak when when that love isn't you know isn't returned to you, it's still over these bright choruses. It's usually major. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Black Sabbath minor. Uh, you know, you get those minor dark um things. Oh, and, yeah. where power pop of, is open. You know, and and major. I thought of something when you said Black Sabbath never did power pop, but. Part of Black Sabbath did. Have you ever have you ever heard Ozzy do "Staying Alive"? No. Oh my God, dude! Is it terrible? <laughs> He's, it's I I don't even know. I I'd like to know if it's real because it starts out with Ozzy saying, "All aboard the disco train." That can't be. Tell me that didn't it, happen, dude. I'll send you the MP3. <laughs> I hope that didn't happen. That will break my heart. That'll break my heart for sure. The uh, other... Call in if you know if that's real. Uh... Yeah, exactly. If Ozzy's listening, call in and tell us if you really did that. But, like, all-time favorite for you from the 70s is you're going to go with Big Star probably, Ever. right? Always. Always. Yeah, mine's the cars. Oh, yeah. that's a... I My just... power pop gods are the... I worship at the throne of the cars. So I was at... You know, I, I'm grateful for my day job because I interact with such cool people. So I'm at a client's house the other day and we're talking. I walk in and he's found at the local Goodwill, at the local Goodwill, a DVD of the Cars in Concert in like the late 70s. Oh, nice. And it's on one of these shows, you know, one of these European shows, like not Rock Palace or whatever that thing is called, but something like that. And, um, oh my God, dude, it's so good, you know, so wow. good. And And they... The cars were really, I mean, they, again, without the cars, I don't know that you get a Fountains of Wayne. Obviously, Fountains of Wayne paid, they know that so well that they made a song up to be the cars, you know, um, with Stacy's mom. And then yeah. paid homage to the the band and, and the video and everything. Um, I don't know. I just think that that when you say pop to some people, it pisses them off. They think it somehow it's, it's weaker or it's it's candy coated or whatever. But I yeah, like they that. think of Tiffany or something. Right. But Power Pop is is bands like, you know, Wilco had those moments and you know, um you'll hear it in Ryan Adams music. You'll hear it in all sorts of bands where they'll have I mean the old ninety sevens had an album called Satellite Rides that is straight up a power pop album. Rhett Miller's solo album, uh The Instigator the instigator is, is a, a power, power pop, pop record. record. All For the sure. all the fountains of Wayne stuff. All the I mean the enough's enough. All I mean and people are you, gonna go uh, on and on, you know. You and I were had a group text with a friend the other day and we were talking about old um Gilby Clark's stuff. No. It was old um Mark Ford stuff. Uh, well again. And um wouldn't you consider candy? Gilby Clark's first band. Isn't that a pretty power, power poppy pop. record? Yeah. Dude, so the Sunset Strip had all the hair metal and all that stuff. But you have to remember, too, when the Strip, the early Strip bands, they were either real... They Hanoi were, Rocks. Yeah, they were glittery. Hanoi Rocks is, uh, uh, you know, uh, they have as many power pop elements as any. They That band covers so much ground. You know, Guns N' Roses, little darker, little dirtier, little, you know, not power poppy. But all those Motley Crue, Motley Crue's first album, Too Fast for Love. I mean, those are pop songs, man. They are distilled down. They didn't have maybe the production or 
or the ability to lay those big lush harmonies over the top of it like you would hear a big star do or cheap trick or but it's still those tight 3 minute songs that you know get to the point and that's what I always I'm I just always liked that cuz I grew up on 1970s radio yeah, so I, think I the, I'm used to that the people that are super into this um style of music are are always going to credit you know, cheap trick and Nick Lowe and the raspberries and the knack and, and all of those bands. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not huge into Nick Lowe. I have a record called the Jesus of cool. Okay. Which is a great record. And, um, I have another one called Nick Lowe and his cowboy, cowboy outfit. outfit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have like one called basher, which is like a greatest hits. That's well, all I have of Nick Lowe, except for all the things he's, produced like Elvis Costello. I was just going to say we forgot to mention Carleen Carter. We forgot to mention Elvis Costello. We forgot to mention Elvis Costello. Um who His 70s stuff like uh, um Armed Forces and that that record is a masterpiece. I just think I I think he's done some of the finest, you know, power pop with some really high next level songwriting stuff. I mean, and that's the other thing is if you don't have the songs, Power Pop falls kind of flat. It has no mass to it. What kind right. of propels Power Pop songs are the songs, are the structure, the core, how it moves you, the hooks. Because without it, it all just sounds like a little bit saccharine, you know, just kind of a little jangly mess, you know, with nothing there, no substance. Yeah. It's, it's the the best stuff, you know, in that genre, I think, is is constructed so well that we still, it's still a template. And I do often, you know, Beach Boys, Beatles, of course, all that 60s stuff, but it's the Beatles, I think, where we started to hear, you know, the middle eight. It's where the song goes. It's two songs in one. You have the main part of the song, then you get to that little minor part. And that little middle eight or that separate part is why um, you get songs like, uh, well, even you know, a day in the life by the Beatles where all of a sudden in the middle, another song kicks in. It's got a piano and it goes, woke up, fell out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. This whole thing oh, happens. Yeah. Then you go back in, then you're back in, you know, um, it's those things that you'll hear in power pop music where you'll get this little break from the song in the middle, this lush middle eight section with something minory happening, maybe to, tie the whole thing together then boom you're back into this big majory chorus you're up and down it's that's why it's so what, cool what's super cool about power pop too is when you get a really really good um bar band and they can weave like three of them together and go back you know go into one yeah and then oh i love that when they do that the cones yeah the band with Stefanski and AJ Dunning and those John Neal and those guys, those guys were awesome at doing that stuff. Well, and that's the other thing to do the power pop thing really well. I will say this. And, and again, as dismissive as as people can be about it, it really does take chops. Is Rick Nielsen, Eddie Van Halen? Nope. No, Um, but are all those songs from she's tight to dream police to surrender to, I want you to want me. I mean, the layman, the, even, to some degree, the non-NMD person can still tell you that I Want You to Want Me has a guitar part that goes, you know, they can sing that intro. Yeah. 
Um, and that's that's yeah. that's that's what it is. It's that's don't give me the live version. <laughs> and that, I know you. I know how you get. It. I don't like the live version of that song. And I do. That's a, a cheap I love trick. Cheap I, trick. Budokan is Budokan is gonna always be you know hardwired to my heart just because it was. Well, I, I, my favorite is the first one probably the self-titled Cheap Trick album. Yeah, I, is there? I don't know. Even later Cheap Trick stuff. Woke like up with a monster and stuff is still heaven, yeah. it's still good. It's still good. Yeah. Heaven tonight, heaven in color, tonight. all those. I mean, again, cheap trick, the cars, uh, big star, you know, all those jangly, cool, the you know, we can draw it all back and, and we end up somewhere around the Beatles and the birds. And and because you can't, you yes, yeah. exactly. You can't say the doors. It's too dark. It's too nope, moody. Too dark. You can't say the stones. Too dark. Too bluesy. Uh, you know, you you certainly you can't say Sabbath, Zeppelin. You th- that's not what they were. Even Sweet had elements of power pop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Slade early seventies. You know, Slade but had has that. more glam though. So. Glitter, yeah. Yeah, it's glitter just, glam, which is where. All those things get blurred. But really, I think what power pop comes down to is those two words. You know, you get the power is from the drums and the, the guitars, you know, and the that, you know, and then the pop is always those lush vocals and those or, you know, the, the hoople had some power pop. Uh, stuff. Yes. Without question. And I, I love Ronson it. And well, dude, I mean, yeah. again, it's just it's all semantics now but it's 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 bowie it's you know although bowie we would say was a glitter rock artist you know and and there's no one's ever going to call the ramones a pop band they're the you know four bears of punk but don't forget you know those songs are two three minute boom 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 and we're done we're not farting around in here we're not stroking each other off we're just gonna we're gonna get straight to the point yes which power pop does is it? It yeah, doesn't exactly. linger a lot, you know. It doesn't that, take the long way to get anywhere. Exactly, power pop doesn't take the long way to get anywhere. That's really, uh, you know, what that's a, a a mantra to live by. For me, as someone who pretends to make up songs, is you know, yeah, it doesn't. Let's not take the long way. Let's get there now. You're quite good at it, I might add. And the other thing is, you know, when you're when you're doing that, when you take the scenic route, it's okay. Some people like the scenic route. Dude, there are people who yeah. go, why don't we take the back way today? I'm a person who goes, well, because this way's shorter, right? I miss a lot because of that. That's why I'm sure in the right element, you know, a, a, a fish tune or, you know, I love the Almond Brothers. I saw them in concert. Love the Almond Brothers. During Whip and Post, I got bored, dude. It was 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. And I love those guys. And, and I couldn't believe they were improvising in harmony. I mean, it was amazing. But again, I'm like, we could have three other songs. You could be playing three other songs right now. Yeah. You know, so. Sometimes you want to listen to the Charlie Sexton sextet, and sometimes you want to listen to Molly. Well, exactly right. And that's why a band like Molly, you know, where their success came is hook, 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 hook. Oh. Always a hook, always a hook, always a hook. And, and even, and that will be, there are times where you, I think power pop, punk pop, anything with pop in it, some of us get dismissive. Like, that's not, you know, oh, that's not artistic or it's not. The, well, it takes a lot of effort, man, to really summarize, you know, summarize it, tighten it up. 
get your ego somewhat out of the way, you know, where where it doesn't matter if if the guitar line is so wittily everyone goes, holy cow, he's a virtuoso. Rick Nielsen's never concerned with being a virtuoso, but there isn't a guitar part out of place on a cheap trick record. That's right. So, you know, and at no point, I you hardly ever hear anyone go, oh, man, Rick Nielsen's a big influence. Now, me, people come up to me when I play a lot, I, I'm, and this is a point of pride, but they're like, boy, you must be into Rick Nielsen because you know, visually I like that. I like Rick's lightheartedness. He never took himself too seriously. He was totally into the music. He was into his guitars. He, you know, and he had the the good looking, that's, you know, the classic. What is it? Is it in color? Yeah. You know, you got the good looking guys on one side and, and Bunny yeah. and Rick on the other side. I mean, they got it. They totally understood that. And that's, you know, again, without Big Star, I would always in a welding mask. I would always go to no, that was heart, right? Oh yeah. Um, which is terrible. That's still terrible. It was terrible. That's still terrible. That's a terrible comment on the music industry. But when you're Ann Wilson, don't forget your Ann Wilson. You have Ann Wilson's voice, and they go, Well, you wear the welding shield and we'll put your sister in a bustier on a horse and watch her boobs bounce. That's that's effed up, dude. <laughs> um, not that I didn't enjoy watching that because oh. I did. But, you know, Ann Wilson can sing. So, anyhow, I'm sorry I got off my subject. Yeah, Power Pop is is going to be, is always going to be around because people are always going to have that influence. They're all, because the radio exists. I don't know what Power Pop will be like in the coming years because the radio has been populated, you know, popular radio, which I don't listen to much. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if you get there from Five Finger Death Punch or whatever, um, or, or if you're influenced. I think about the new artists who you know their influences scott may be limp biscuit and corn and so you, they're not going to be able to turn that out because that just makes no sense to them and it sounds yeah, like wussy I, music you know i mean power pop you'll hear people oh, wussy music well it's because it's you know it's something in the air it's thunderclap newman you know call out the instigators you know it's and power pop is mostly american and I started this show by ranting on yes. how, but Americans, most Americans don't know the great affairs. We, right. Which is, a, they know cheap trick, right? Which is, and but it, they don't, but they don't know he's a whore cheap trick. They no, know. I want you to want me and surrender. Yeah. Maybe the dream please. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, in the sense of, I think power pop also popular is where that pop comes from. And popularity is not always awarded to the best in that genre because otherwise yeah. the great affairs would well, hence, or Molly hence would have Jethro Tull winning the, right, the Grammy right, for best metal right. album, or you know. or you know or the band <laughs> Molly would have gotten the record deal they gave to Blink One Eighty Two or the record deal they gave to you know <clears> um, My Chemical. But Romance. we all know you have to pay to play. Well, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You. Uh, some of it, you know what? This is sounds jaded and and jerkish, but it's true. Some of it's it is true. is just how much you can afford to invest in your in your success. And I don't mean it's... sweat equity, and I don't mean practicing your guitar, and I don't mean I mean who can you pay to play these songs? Who right. can you pay to give you some attention? That's what it is. Okay, it's exactly what it is. Well, the power pop episode has been. Um, has been it a good one. On, besides the beginning, it stayed on the subject. Somewhat, which for us which is a, uh, a huge rarity. 
That's a rare. We're known to go totally do an episode on box sets that's barely about box sets. Hey, man, I don't really care. So I do. You know what? I mean, that's just how it's going to be. I, I, I was going to say this last show, but because um, we talked about it pre-recording last show. Uh, welcome to all of our new listeners in Germany. We noticed that we had a bunch of new listeners there. So yeah, that's thanks. cool, man. And it's cool that anybody listens. And I hope people continue yeah. to and interact. And, and it's I, cool when you see like a new country and you're like, whoa, holy cow. <laughs> I know that's really cool. And you hope that somehow it, it's just that little part you can play and I mean, I, I got to tell you, the Facebook page alone, many nights I'm I'm laying in my chair or in bed and I'm watching YouTube videos and I want to share them on Facebook, right? And I'm like, dude, you don't share. But I always can go to the NMD page and share it. Yes. And that's ex- so, to people yeah, who are listening to this and you don't know about our Facebook page, just search for the NMD podcast on Facebook and and come hang out with us. There's like 300 people and we all talk about music. And the best thing about that Facebook page is the mix of people. I mean, you have music listeners who every single one of them I respect because I know how they, how much they love it, no matter what their genre is. And, And it'll be people commenting on metal or pop or whatever it is. But you also get, you know, it's always pretty, cool to me where you have a a Denny Smith or an AJ Dunning or whomever these real musicians who have created great music talking about great music so yeah. you know that's why that's why when um there's a you know an in-store with an author or you know we're going to have the author read some of their works that really perks you up because you're getting you're getting it from the source and so even on our Facebook page you will see uh, great artists commenting. You'll see great listeners commenting. People who have history in, in music that from working in the record store to uh, seeing every concert that came to their hometown to collecting rock and roll t-shirts to, you know, rating their parents' record collection when they were, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. All those people live um, with us here at the Narcissistic Music Disorder Podcast. Those are our people and and I want to keep growing that and Scott and I talk a lot about about the demons of monetizing this thing and how that would work and sponsorships and all that and we never want to taint the thing um but believe it or not it does cost a little bit to do this too so we always struggle with that and we struggle with special guests and we struggle yeah we've talked about I know some podcasts will do like the Patreon and this but one thing, like Patreon, you would expect um, extra stuff, I would think. And you and right. I just don't have time for extra stuff. And well, the other thing is, too, man, It and I just I said I wish this. we did. I, I wish we could talk about music every day. I just said this to, and you hey, know, man, I, text I think. You, I texted you the other day and asked you for an opinion on a song. And he never replies, ladies and gentlemen. He just, he, no. What was the song? It was the, it was the, the band The Thorns doing um, No Blue Sky by the Jayhawks. I think they did enough. It was, do you know the Thorns? It was a super group. It was Pete Droge, Matthew Sweet. No, I and, don't. I'm going back um, right now to see where that. The lullaby guy, uh, Sean Mullins. Now I'm feeling like I'm I'm going all the way back right now. Um, Let me know what you think of this. Sean Mullins yeah, is cool. I wonder if this is it. You guys might hear something playing in the background. I'm gonna. I don't think we'll get in trouble. I want to see if this is it. No, that's middle brother. 
I listened to that. Well, that's Middle Brother doing Portland by the replacements. But I, I sent you another one too. But it, dude, I swear to God, I'm all the way back right now. I'm Middle Brother's another. Super I'm September fourteenth, dude. In our okay, text. I'll, I'll resend. You're gonna it have then, to resend it. I swear to God, I don't see it. I swear. Okay. Unless... That, that 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 might be the one though. I might have got them mixed up. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Did, uh, they did a cover of Portland, and I thought it was really cool. No, I don't. It's have kind it of the anymore. replacement um, apology song to the city of Portland. Nice. <laughs> well, you got any parting words for us, my friend? They said you moved to New York to teach a cooking class, but I know this is just a cover up because I still follow you home. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. See you next time. <laughs>